Check one, two. That was Freedom Hawk with Stand Back, and they're going to be at Ripple Fest, Texas, this Saturday, August 7th, in New Braunfels, Texas, at the Texas Ski Ranch. I got a great episode cooked up for you guys today, featuring the man himself at Ripple Music, Mr. Todd Severin. But before we get into that, let's hear some more music. This is Void Vader with I Want More. They're going to be at Ripple Fest as well.
Yo, man. Todd, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, man. It's so good to hear from you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> how are you doing this morning? You know, um, pretty good. I'm just kind of uh, at the point where I was getting ready to stop my morning work. I get up at 4.30 every day. And uh, so I've been kind of at it for about five hours or so. So about ready to start taking a break. Is this ripple work? Yeah. <laughs> hey, a lot of cool stuff coming out on Ripple, man. Uh, I was super stoked about the Yawning Man re-release you guys did. Oh, so was I, you know. And and plus, we have a Pothead coming out too, which was their very first ever EP. Well, I so, haven't even uh, heard of that. That's that's yeah, awesome. I know that one was like a a, a brief um, release in it, but it's the first thing they ever did. And uh, so we'll be doing that one. You know, later on in the year sometimes just have to wait till mario gets me some artwork but i was psyched man to be able to work with guys like mario and gary that's just like that's a whole nother level for the label if you know no doubt man you guys are starting to occupy some of the desert scene that uh heavy psych sounds has really grabbed a bunch of artists from there too and now you guys are starting to occupy some of that area as well that makes sense you know we're they're they're american bands we're an american label so <laughs> right yeah. Absolutely. So how is vinyl production, man? Because I know everybody's saying that it's far behind and you guys got a lot of stuff coming in the near future. Oh yeah. It's 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 a mess beyond words. Um you know, there's a, a whole host of reasons why this is all coming to a head at the moment. And it's bizarre things. It's things you never would have even thought of. For example, when that Suez Canal problem happened where that ship got caught in there sideways. Uh, that backed everything up, and that tremendously backed up raw materials for vinyl pressing, of all things. Wow. Sec secondly, uh, sometime uh, a year ago, a year and a half ago, there was a fire in Southern California at one of the only two uh, plants, I believe, in the world that were making the materials for lacquer masters. And that plant burned down, so that just crushed that part of the industry. Now, we didn't do lacquer masters for the majority of our releases were dmm but um but what that means is people who used to do lacquer masters are now going over to direct metal mastering so it, it's still flooding more people over to the plants that did dmm because the lacquers aren't available and then with covid you got the situation where with social distancing in the plants the presses are too close together um so instead of having two people on a crew per plant, for press, I'm sorry, you can only have one person on a press instead of two. Oh and my gosh. In some of the places, even the presses are too close together, so they can only be every other press. So you pretty much have taken vinyl production, cut it by half, limited the raw materials, thrown more people into the, press, the presses that are available. And then on top of that, you know, with uh, the majors coming in and and seeing money to be made in vinyl, they're dropping orders of, you know, I just picked up something from Record Store Day on the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, alternative version of Deja Vu, and it was limited edition, one of only 20,000 pressed. Well, <laughs> Ripple may not press 20,000 records in a year. <laughs> they're doing 20,000, <laughs> you know, of one yeah. copy. So They're occupying a, a large plant, space in the market. Totally right. Well, in the pressing market, right? Yeah, so yeah. you know, when the pressing plant gets that order, who are they going to fill first? You know, twenty thousand 
order from a major or a uh, 500 copy from some little you know record company up in northern california so <laughs> it's it's a problem you know vinyl delay used to i used to always work on a three and a half to four month build in for records you know give me everything get the vinyl production set up i would build in a four month lead in so i'd have the product already for on release day uh but now it's like eight to 12 months wow which is brutal which is brutal so how does that are the um, digital sales keeping you guys like a flow as far as you having to wait for these vinyl sales and people like uh, pretty good about getting the pre-orders and stuff given the situation yeah i mean it's it's a little bit of everything i think that um i think sales just on a pre-order are definitely thinner than when the product's actually available i mean for a load of reasons first of all you you can't get a, a good mock-up of exactly what the record's going to look like until the record's done. You know, you can just kind of guess. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, if you're doing some cool limited edition vinyl stuff, you know, you can just tell them or give a, a computerized mock-up of what it should look like. But that's, you know, I, I don't like that because the records are all individual when they come off the press. And they usually look cooler than the mock-up does. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who don't want to pre-order too much because then, you know, they have to keep track of what they've ordered and when it's going to come in. You know, mm -hmm. so I think that it's it's better to have the vinyl in hand as far as sales go. But yeah, digital's been strong. Um, the uh, back catalog's been strong. Bandcamp is strong. So you know, CD sales are still pretty good too. You know, around the world. So you know, we're we're okay. It's 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 finally taking a little bit of a of a nip at us just over this last month because you know you you put up a brand new release when you get all all the excitement. And I think a lot of people are kind of going, well, I'll wait till the vinyl's out to buy it. So yeah. we're going to get ourselves into a little bit of a uh, discrepancy between outgoing expenses and incoming income until this kind of gets itself rectified. But That's so crazy, man. It's like you said, it really was the perfect storm that caused vinyl to really tank for a little bit. Yeah, but, you know, we'll get, we'll get by. You know, when, when COVID first hit and everybody was freaking out, record stores were all closed and our distribution checks got cut by about a third, you know, the, the wave riders just jumped up and filled that void with direct, direct purchases. So, um, man, Todd, I've said this a couple times on the podcast. I picked up a vinyl habit whenever the, the quarantine started, man, I would just come home from work and kind of pop into a vinyl store, one that was open, you know, cause out here in Arizona, it's just been like mask up, keep your distance the whole time. So I started popping in these record stores because there were no shows going on, and I've probably bought more records during the the uh, lockdowns and stuff than ever before. Yeah, I think a lot of people did too. I think it was you know a lot of people were home and gave them the opportunity to look for new things to do and new sources of entertainment. And you know, record shopping is fun. I mean, I was just out yesterday with Marcus Sevis, the the bass player from Zed. Right, and the Mark. and I went to uh, record stores that. Brand new record stores, two small independents opened up in a city close to us called Hayward. And we just had a ball, man. Just just spent about four hours just digging, and then you get the celebratory burrito and beer afterwards. It's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great day.
Uh, Tell me about your podcast. I started this uh, at the beginning of the year. I just, I really enjoy podcasts. I'm an avid podcast listener, man. I'm subscribed to like 15 different shows and uh, like music, you know, when you listen to it long enough for me, I feel like I'd like to do this. And then it's just kind of the same thing with podcasting. And I just wanted to be more part of the stoner rock, hard rock scene uh, and give people a platform to just put out more content that's not necessarily music or anything like that since my band's kind of been on the back burner for a while. And I just wanted to keep involved in the in the scene. That's awesome. That sounds great. So I've been covering Ripple Fest for, since I kicked it back up. I took a, about a month off to move into our new home that we got out here in Glendale. And uh, now that we're getting settled in, I've been kicking it back up and I'm covering all the bands that are playing Ripple Fest, which is why I'm super excited to have you on today. Uh, the story has been kind of unfolding of how this all came to be. It was, from what I understand, it was a large effort from Ryan from High Desert Queen uh, with his Lick of, Lick of a Spoon Productions. And then uh, it just kept growing and growing and growing. I mean, what can you tell us about it? How was your reaction to how well this thing has played out? Uh, well, first of all, of course, I couldn't be more thrilled at all. Just, you know, I I love all the Ripple Fests. You know, you, you, you've come up, man. You were at that one of them up with death in San Francisco. Yes, you know, sir. However, however many years ago that one was. Um, <laughs> we're getting up yeah. there now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was... Uh, I think probably three years ago, maybe? I remember uh, War Cloud was on there. And yeah, Zed. Tones and The Watchers and Zed. Mm-hmm. Black Wolf was on there, probably. Yep local band um that was our first uh, time in san francisco man uh my wife and i we had a blast yeah you guys you guys road tripped all the way up man that was that was so cool it was really nice to meet you that was a cool venue too it had that great area in the back where you can just hang out and talk to people but um you know the the beautiful thing about the ripple fest and this is kind of like a generalized statement for all of them is that it's done by ripple family you know it's you know, there's tons of really good record labels out there, man. There's there's so many cool um, underground labels in the scene, and everybody's got their own vibe, and everybody's got cool releases, and there's so many good bands out there. And I can't say if anything makes Ripple separate from anybody else, but if there was something, and you probably got a taste of this when you came up to the Ripple Fest, is that Ripple really functions like one massive family, you know? And you got all the bands are supporting each other, and... Uh, you know, I'll do the best I can to support all of our bands. Every Ripple Fest that's ever happened has been band created, band inspired, band started. So uh, Ryan gets a hundred percent of the credit for this one. I, I got, I did nothing, man. I just kind of nodded. <laughs> they right. came to me with an idea, and I said, "Cool, man." You know, and you know, he, he, to his credit, he ran everything by me, which was. Which was really nice. It kind of you didn't even have to do it. it. It was his show he was putting together. But you know, as it kept growing and growing and growing, um, you know, he and I just kept talking about it. But but Ryan and Liquid Spoon Productions gets all of the credit for this. And then and then it kept on growing. You know, with the the San Antonio and the Austin and the Houston and there's so many you know cool promoters in the scene that just want to keep you know that vibe going. So you got some of these good bands coming over, like Forming the Void. You know. Mm-hmm bone church and stuff like that who wouldn't normally be in the area so right. it's like 
put them to work then you know let's let's get a little mini tour going out of this and the bands put it all together so that's the coolest thing about it all and even over in in europe like with sweden and with cologne those were all put together by the bands the the closest thing to me doing anything to create the ripple fest is i'm looking to set one up in, in the northeast part of the country right now but even that's been sent to me by a couple bands that, that want to help get this thing going so it's the family vibe of Ripple that, that really makes the whole thing click and the whole thing jive.
I get it. I, I totally dig it. My first introduction to you guys was Mothership. And then I kind of started digging into more Ripple bands. I realized uh, my friends down in uh, Corpus Christi, Switchblade Jesus, uh, signed to you guys. I'm like, wow, man. Uh, and then I just started getting into more and more bands. You got Void Vader on there, Zed Killer, Freedom Hawk, all these sick bands. And now they're all going to be out here in Texas. And I see you guys grabbing up more and more Texas band. You almost got like a little battalion growing down there. I, I don't know. I think that I need to just move the whole label out to Texas, man. There's something in the water down there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you you would be part of a big caravan, dude. I, I thought yeah. about going out there. Uh, I was on I was on the fence about moving out there. I just decided to buckle down here in the valley, and we bought us a house. So I'm gonna ride it out for a little bit. Yeah, well, you're you're in a, you're in a good area too, but yeah. definitely as far as Texas goes, man. I don't know what it is. It's so many good bands just come out of that area. It's it's just supportive scene you know there's there's places to play there's people who want to hear the music you know you, i know you I, some of the bands like you know switchblade jesus and, and eric is of course just eric's one of my favorite people on the planet but the wizard man there, yeah and there's even been you know some some bands from texas that like are no longer but were on the label like uh sweat lodge who were from austin and they were an amazing band so we definitely have our share of texan bands I'm happy to see Mothership headlining this bill because they've been uh, very quiet throughout uh, the past year and a half, two years or so. Uh, last I heard from them really was watching their live stream, which was just killer, man. I was rocking out in my garage watching that thing. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, with Mothership, uh, you know, I talked to Kyle quite a bit and I've definitely been talking to Kelly a lot lately. But, you know, I think that these boys did you know, essentially 10 years, you know, working their asses off, uh, you know, multiple tours of Europe, multiple tours of the United States, you know, going out on the road with corrosion of conformity more than once and Crowbot. And that's my dog right there. He, he likes mothership so much. He just wants to be part of the conversation. It's okay, man. Not a problem. I got cats meowing and babies crying and stuff over here. It's all good. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm going to, it's good, but I'm going to kick him in the butt anyways. Um, Hey, Bosco, scoot, quiet down. Um, so I think they just needed a break. You know, I think they just needed to uh, to reset and uh, kind of take stock of, of where they are, both as you know, as humans and as a band. And it's not like they ever were going to break up or anything or go on hiatus. But I just think that they clearly just needed a chance to recharge their batteries. I think that's and, what um, this whole lockdown gave a lot of people a chance to do was just that that very same thing and so i totally understand there was never like any uh they never came out and said we're taking a break they just kind of they just kind of rode off into the sunset for a while yeah and you're like you know kells has got a a, a, a newish relationship i think it's about three years now but mm -hmm. you know and they moved out of texas and so the band just kind of geographically got a little bit spread apart but um you know, I was talking to, to Kyle, and when the Ripple Fest came up, we started talking about a bunch of projects. So as a Mothership fan, look for 2022-2023 for some killer Mothership stuff, stuff you won't even expect. I got big plans of stuff that I want to do with, with Mothership, um, one of which should include a new album. But we have beyond that, I got some other really cool projects I'm going to be doing with the band. So I think they got their batteries charged, and I'm psyched to see them, man. You've, they're there's nobody like Mothership Live. No, I agree. 
They are they are dynamite, and I'm uh, I'm gonna be seeing them at Psycho Las Vegas as well on a bigger stage than before. So that's killer. That's killer. Yeah, I saw them on a on a very big stage at Psycho. Well, I don't know, four or five years ago, whatever it was. I think uh, I caught them the first time they did it in Vegas while they were out at the pool, and then right. So I think the next year they played indoors on a big stage. Nice. It, it was good. I-
I won't be able to make Psycho this year. That's my uh, my wedding anniversary, and for some reason, my wife doesn't feel going to a heavy metal concert with a bunch of bearded, sweaty, tattooed guys. It's her idea, bro. Oh, so, uh, you know, bless you bless her heart. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, well, um, yeah, man. I've had tickets for like two years to Psycho, so I'm just gonna go, man. Uh, I'm really excited about Down and Exhorter and a lot of the the New Orleans bands that are going to be out there, like I Hate God and stuff. I mean, that's the stuff I cut my teeth on. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, they they would be really fun to see. Um, I'll 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 think of you while I have a, a candle at dinner on North Beach in San Francisco. <laughs> and I'll think of you out there in the mosh pit. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> let's talk about what you got going on with Blasco. How did this relationship play out? You know, that's really kind of cool. Blasco and I just kind of became friendly, uh, essentially through social media at first. And then he's, he'd call me up every once in a while and we'd just chat about shit and uh, just sometimes ask my advice. Sometimes we just talk about different things. And um, as we started just talking more, uh, you, you, you realize pretty quickly that this cat lives the music i mean if you really put it just step back for a second put it into perspective you know this guy's played on stages in front of a hundred thousand people right at you know some of the oz fests and some of the, the the shows that he's done with ozzy and probably had huge crowds when he was playing with rob zombie and, and danzig also but right. you know, with ozzy this guy stormed the stage in front of tens of thousands oh. if not more people and when you're sitting on a perch like that you you would think that he would lose sight of of the music that's going on down in the underground, but he, he clearly loves it. I mean, he just lives for this stuff. And when you hang out with him, you start talking music. It's so cool. And I, I got to tell you just a quick story. When you're, when you're playing music for him, stuff he's never heard before, and you're, you're watching his face as he's listening to something he's never heard before. It's like, it's a transcendent experience because he is so into the music you know i just it's like his, his eyebrows are doing the drum beats and you know he just tell he's just whatever it is 
he's just really digging it. That's so, amazing. Um, I was just really impressed by just how tuned into the underground he is. And not just as somebody who listens to it, but I mean, he puts his money where his mouth is. You know, he had his, his earlier podcast that he was doing for a while, and now he's got the Volume Forever podcast. And, you know, he'll champion bands, and he, he's doing a lot from a, a, a perch where most people wouldn't be paying attention to this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just got the idea. I said, you know, he loves this stuff so much why don't I just talk to him and see if he wants to curate a, a series of releases? And I'll be honest with you. Originally I was kind of anticipating something in my mind to be like, you know, our, our turn to stone series or our you know, second coming of heavy series. It'd be kind of like a Blasco presents and we just, whatever bands he wanted to work with, I'd give him carte blanche and we'd, we'd do the releases under the ripple banner. Mm-hmm. Um, but in talking to him, it's just, it became so much more. So he's really into this. He's executive producing all of these bands. He's helping with the image, with the music, with the songwriting, with the art. I mean, he's he's really invested into this. So, you know, it came together just because, you know, he's got the love and I got the love and I just approached him with it and he, he ran with it. And the first guys he signed just happened to be good friends of mine, Holy Death Trio, that have been Holy setting Death things Trio. on fire, man, out there in Texas. Bad man. 
one just one little thing i was i was holy death trio in particular i was actually going to be signing even before bosco that was like the first thing we talked about but i'd already been talking to the guys so that was a real easy one just to kind of like get that one going right away because i was fully on board with that um and then from then on like including you know high desert queen yes high desert queen killer this whole this whole thing wouldn't have happened if you if you trace it back unless I started talking to Blasco about this stuff because Blasco is the one that turned me on to High Desert Queen. Wow, man. That's all. High Desert Queen, dude. That song, The Mountain and the Quake, or The Mountain versus the Quake, is a fucking jammer. And uh, they got a new one out. I didn't I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but that's a great band with a great sound. Yeah, and you know, we just put out that uh, free Bandcamp compilation, and we have a, an unreleased track from them on that also. <laughs> so you can check that out. Yeah, I had Ryan on the show uh, last week sometime, man. He was telling me all about, you know, his help with Ripple Fest, how cool Blasco is, and I'm really excited to hear what they got coming from you guys. Uh, he's being too modest, man. It's not his help with Ripple Fest. He is. He's the. He's put this whole thing together, man. This oh is, yeah, I, I misspoke. That's pretty much what he was saying. Maybe I was being <laughs> <Yeah>. modest for him. <laughs> no. He deserves all the credit, man. He gets all the kudos for this whole thing. And John, shout out to John Rosales too, man. Uh, I know he was absolutely helping Ryan out.
I'm super proud of those guys, man. They got a great sound, great production, and linking that with Blasco. I'm really excited to hear what's coming. I copped one of those Blue Splatter pre-orders so uh, for the Holy Death Trio album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, um, it's a killer record. I love I love everything about those guys. You know, they just got they got the the look, they got the the sound, they got the music. You know, they got the chops, they got the energy. It's it's really everything that you'd really love to see in a band of, of young, hungry, aggressive musicians. And uh, I think that um, the new record's totally killer. So there's no shortage of bands out there. Um, and you guys are always signing new acts. Do you have like a, a cap limit in mind of bands that you're looking to sign or are you just planning on keep going and going and going? Well, you know, couple ways to look at that number one um and just frankly honestly bands come and go right you know they do um you know you can sign a band that you absolutely adore and you're in your mind you're you're projecting out four or five records and the band's gone after one right Uh, witcher's creed totally killer band from sweden young kids you know totally excited to be working with them helping them to develop and uh, the record they put out was amazing. We went through two presses on it. It sold out completely. But, you know, the, the band just couldn't keep it together, you know, so they broke up. So bands kind of come and go. And you just always have to be prepared to that. And then the other thing is that at, at this level, you know, particularly where the bands are recording themselves, uh, you're not really likely to get a band to turn in a record every every year, uh, maybe not even every two years. You know, if, if a band's turning in a record every 18 months, then they're really a hardworking band. On top of um, it, yeah. Yeah, you know, so you're, you're kind of got to, you look at the, the roster of bands and you look at how many releases you like to do in a year and you look at how often a band on the roster is likely to turn in a record. And then you just kind of have to... Um, plot it out so that you're going to get a constant flow of, of kick-ass new music coming in you know if you have if you have 12 bands on your roster and you just stop there you might put out one or two releases a year um and as a label that's that's not the, the not flow viable. that i want yeah, yeah. because you know the whole point of the label is to push the music forward mm-hmm. and you can't do that if you're if you're too spotty in releases you know you have to get to a a point where the the fans of the label and of the bands 
they can kind of expect what's going to be coming up. You know, they, they know about how many releases will be coming each year. They kind of got a vibe for what Ripple does as far as the music goes and the sound of it. And they either like it or they don't, but, you know, those who like it stick around as wave riders and, and they want to be a part of it. And so you want to be, you know, pushing the whole music forward. The scene's not going to grow if you put out one or two releases a year. The scene will grow with, you know, a good stream of high quality releases. Now, how many releases a year can be debatable? You know, that's that's kind of up to individual labels and the, the bandwidth that they have and the, the energy that the, the owners and the team has at the label. But, you know, for us, it's just, it's kind of settled into two releases a year, which to be honest with you is a little bit insane because we're really a small label to be doing that much, that much work. Yeah, but you guys are hot, hand, man. You guys are always dropping something new. Well, you know, we were just kind of blessed with all these great bands coming to us, you know, so for the most part, I would say that right now our schedule is completely set through 2022. It's like it'd be really hard for me to take on another project right now. I think that we're totally full through 2022 and possibly into 2023. And part of that will depend upon how the uh, the vinyl pressing situation sorts out. But, you know, but every once in a while something falls into your lap, you know, like I'm sitting on a couple of announcements right now that... Um, I cannot give you the exclusive of just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer. Uh, but uh, when 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 you hear, um, you, you'll be calling me back and you'll be saying, "Yo, Todd, let's talk again." Because <laughs> I want to <laughs> talk to you about these projects because these are eye openers. Awesome. You know, so you know you you always have to build a little bit of flexibility in the schedule so you can adjust things. But um, but yeah, you know, it's it's just it's not a total number of bands that I want that's a cap. It's, right. Uh -huh. It's good quality stuff that I can you know, really help to get music out to the fans on a steady pace. No, that, that, that makes perfect sense. That's a great way of looking at it. Uh, I just want, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, Todd. I know you're a busy man. Uh, congratulations, by the way, on being featured in the magazine for your, uh, for your job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> you're, welcome. you're welcome, brother. Um, I want to ask you about your UK headquarters that you guys just opened up. What can you tell us about that? Uh, EU, EU headquarters. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, it's okay, man. We'll do UK next. Thanks for the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, R Ripple is 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 worldwide, right? The Ripple family is worldwide, and you, we have bands, lots of bands over in Europe, and in, in dealing with European um, bands and European situations, there's there's certain peculiarities and certain logistical issues of um, working in Europe that it just makes it so much easier and so much more uh, collaborative and so much more of the family vibe that we always want to create with Ripple if we have somebody on the ground in Europe. You know, even something as simple as the time difference. You know, I mean, nine hours is, is a brutal time difference. As you just alluded to, I, ha I have a day job and it's hard for me to take a, a long phone call during the working week. So if I'm going to wait till, you know, five o'clock at night to talk to a band and it's a nine hour time difference i mean you can you can see the problems oh absolutely so, i have a so, hard time um, doing it here in the states man <laughs> yeah seriously i mean three hours it can really mess you up yeah so um you know max rebel is in the band plane ride he's been uh, in the family for a long time he's a great guy he's energetic he's you know got his ear to the ground of what's going on in europe so he's you know, aware of a lot of the up-and-coming bands for doing ar stuff he's already been setting up the ripple fest cologne shows and he's he's now helping me get tour booking going we have three tour bookers over in europe that are 
that are primed and ready to work with Ripple bands, both in Europe and American bands coming over. And so he's helping coordinate all that. So, um, so it was about time that we actually created a true Ripple EU office, which is based in Berlin and Max is heading it up. And he and I talk just about every day now, and we're just about to really, um, just say we're going to do a, a double, a double down press on Europe and, and really try and get Ripple's identity spread more through Europe because there's so many good bands in Europe and there's so many good fans of the heavy music in Europe that, you know, we really want to um, solidify our presence over there. And I think that with, with Max helping us out, we're going to, we're going to be able to do that. That's the goal. See what happens. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. You guys going to be making a trip over there to check everything out anytime soon? We, we always do. You know, I've been yeah. to the Ripple Fest Cologne. It was amazing. Both Ripple Fest Swedens were, were killer. In fact, I was supposed to be uh, with my wife going to Ripple Fest Cologne and then going to Belgium with the band Fire Down Below and hanging out with them for a week nice. and touring around. Uh, and then that's when, when COVID hit and yeah. shut all that down. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, once uh, Ripple Fest Cologne's going to happen this year, we won't be going. I don't, don't see that we'll be able to get away uh it's gonna be in september this year that's too short notice for us but um you know next year hopefully things settle down with covid and travel opens back up and then we'll definitely be heading over there right on man well i am looking forward to ripple fest next weekend i will be there i'm fucking super excited about everything that's going on uh maybe we'll get a chance to chat for a second um i want to give you and your wife an early happy anniversary no thank you and thank you very much for being on the show, Todd. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you you reaching out and doing what you can to help out with the scene. Definitely look forward to hanging out with you at, at uh, Ripple Fest. And once again, man, let's give full props to Ryan and Look My Student Productions and yeah, absolutely. Holy Death Trio. You know, the, the work that these guys did to put this scene together. Again, it, it makes me look good, but it shouldn't because I I done nothing other than just nod <laughs> i'm pretty good at nodding <laughs> now you've you've provided the uh space for all of this to take place so well that's a you're that's like a, you're like the conduit that everything flows through yeah thank you it's a generous yeah. way of looking at it so i'll, I'll accept that <laughs> all right ty well enjoy the rest of your day man cool man i'll see you uh, in a week yes sir okay bye-bye, bye-bye. Fly.
children were constantly learning Dark ravine looms at the end What seems a sunny friend But now your carriage is burning Always knew the past Was guided by your ways Always a past mistakes That was Wino with Dark Ravine, and I want to give a very special shout-out to Todd Severn. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I will see all of you guys at Ripple Fest, Texas, in New Braunfels, Texas, at the Texas Ski Ranch, featuring Mothership, Wino, Freedom Hawk, Howling Giant, Void Vader, Forming the Void, Witch Cryer, Bone Church, Holy Dead Trio, Thunder Horse, High Desert Queen, Switchblade Jesus, Mr. Plow, Foster Mother, and Grail. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be pit vipered up, boy. Come find me. We're going to hang.